not be an ASMR person. Um, I feel like, I think it's just, you know, not to, not, this is going to be a weird introduction, but not to be one of those people, but I just, I don't get ASMR, especially like food ASMR. I, I cannot like get behind being, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to shame people who are into this, but I, I don't know how people can sit there and listen to someone eating into the mic and like smack smacking and stuff I just it's so it aches me out I I'm sorry I can't I can't do it like I always feel bad when I hear myself swallow on the podcast or if there's like a like my lisp will get really bad because I have a lot of spit in my mouth I just I I can't do it I'm sorry like I I really couldn't I was drinking my tea I had chick-fil-a and y'all know how I feel about going on food adventures. I could probably do talking ASMR because I don't talk loud anyway. Um, unless I'm like really excited about something. But besides that, no. Could not do it. And then what other? Like like object ASMR when people are just like like into the... Like I, I don't even know if you heard that, but... Sometimes the tapping of nails is very satisfying, like, like, very nice. Don't know if you can hear this. But after a while, it gets annoying. Like, I sometimes I hate typing. Like, I will actually stop typing because my nails, like, I grow my nails out. And sometimes just get real annoying. And I'm like, hmm, kind of want to cut my nails off. But I really like my nails being long, so <laughs> I don't. Anyways, let's move on. People are texting me. So, yeah. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Rhea. Um, not gonna lie, I was in the trenches for the past six months that I was away. And that's because I was sick. I was busy and I was sick and I was busy. I got COVID for Christmas. I'm just gonna run through this because I've done this recording like five different times now. Actually, like ten. But I have five actual recordings. Um, so I kind of feel like a broken record. But yes, I had COVID for Christmas, I welcome the new year with COVID symptoms in my sim- system. Ooh, word fumble. And it was not fun. So to that, I say mask up, get you a, a nice little KN94 or 95 mask. Um, they come in different colors now, so you can color coordinate your outfits. Apparently, you can save up those masks and have them designated for days of the week and reuse them didn't really honestly i kind of am a bit of a germaphobe so i don't like reusing masks but it makes sense unless i necessarily have to like if i wore it out to go take the trash out then i'll probably wear it the next time i go out because i i wore it that one time you know like small stuff but if i like wore it throughout the day and then like you're like wear it again tomorrow no because sometimes i'd be coughing and sometimes like when you put it back on you can smell <laughs> it's, it's just no I, it icks me out i'm sorry that's another ick like i my senses are very i guess i'm a very sensitive person smell and well taste is not that bad smell sight and hearing are my most sensitive senses i just mm-mm but smell, that really is the one. I'd be, mm-mm. 
Mm-mm, I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah. But, like, although I was in the trenches these past six months, I did get to see BTS. So, there was there was a week. There was a week in those six months that literally I was on top of the world. I felt like nothing bad had ever happened in my life. I saw, the be- like, seven people that literally make me happy. And y'all can clown me on it if you want. But it was a great time. I think you just, you just have to go to a BTS concert. You have to go to a concert that's a lot of fun. Like... There's, I feel like there's nothing better than going to a concert that, like, people try to shame people for going to because it's more fun, you know? Everyone who's been to a BTS concert says that they have fun. Like, I, I don't, I have yet to meet someone who says that they haven't um, had fun at a BTS concert or at a BTS function. Like, I think at that point you're just being miserable on purpose, like, just to, just to be different, italicized. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> I just, I really just don't understand anyone who says that they don't like BTS. I can understand just not being into their music on the same level as ARMYs. But, like, most people who say they don't like BTS have some racist, like, reason why. Or, like, they're just something out of pocket. Like, it's not even a real reason at that point if you're trying to be a dickhead about it. Like, you're just trying to cause problems. And it's not cute. That's how I feel about it. But I don't think anyone hates BTS. Not gonna lie. And that's an episode for another day. (laughs) Anyways, like I said, welcome back to the podcast. I have been gone. We're doing things a bit different here. We have order. We have order. I have decided to, unfortunately, leave the first season up because it's it shows my growth you know it shows my growth but also I want to have themed seasons so the first season was just figuring things out just saying whatever trying something new now we're entering we have to give like give things titles like my life is a movie I live by this statement because if you know me or if you've seen me say things you know like some of these things can only happen if it was in a book or if it was in a show, or if it was, like, it seems so unrealistic, but it's realistic because it actually happened. That's how it is. So that's why today's episode is titled 500 Days of Rhea. Because if you've seen the movie 500 Days of Summer, which is one of the best rom-coms, actually, I will, I will say it's a, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Ironically enough, it is one of my favorite movies. So the fact that I lived through that plot line for six, these past six months. <laughs> Woo. But actually, if we look at what the stuff that happened prior to, that's not ex- like exclusively relationship. Eh. My dating life in the past 500 days has been like literally the plot line of 500 days of summer to an extent. Like only just the 500 days part. But like the whole plot line of the movie happened in six months. And we're going to talk about that today. I do want to preface this story because I keep forgetting to do that. Um, I don't, I don't hate the events that happened, nor do I regret asterisk asterisk the things that happened. It's more so I'm kind of just fed up with them constantly happening in different variations. You know, I know how people are like, well, if it's a cycle, you need to put an end to it. Like you're you're supposed to learn something, and if it keeps happening, you're not learning. What am I supposed to be learning? That's my question. When I finish this, hopefully I remember to come back to this. But my my biggest question 
is what am I supposed to be getting from this? You know, what what is the universe trying to tell me? Because I'm going into these things with my own, you know, goals in mind, which is really to just trust other human beings to be decent human beings back and to get out of my comfort zone in terms of seeing new people and trying new things. That's it. I'm trying not to be a recluse, but goddamn, I think the universe is trying to tell me. I'm convinced at this point, by the end of this, I think we can all agree. I think the universe is telling me, stay inside. Because you, every time you leave the house, you're not, you just, you're not, you, you're like one manifestation away from not making it back home. (laughs) That's where I'm at. That's kind of where I'm at. Very cynical, but it's true. So we move. Let's get into it. So, these past 500 days, um, I have been, I guess, like, my dating life has been very, like, really trying and seeing things, like, yeah, not to, like, put all my business on the internet, but this season, we're gonna treat this like therapy, so until the day that I, this podcast ends when I go to therapy, (laughs) that's, that's how that's gonna work, um, So, for the kids out there, I'm going to, like, not get into the nitty-gritties of it. Because I'm over it at this point. But, like, for context, I have had a few intimate relationships that were not, like, they didn't have, like, a label. It was very friends with benefits type thing. And I'm not, like, ashamed of it. I'm not, like... I don't regret it because I learned something from it. I learned that men are, they are men. <laughs> um, and mom, if you're listening and if you haven't like caught up, like girls scare me. That's why that side of the, that side of me has not really had any action because girls scare me. Um, <laughs> we can talk about it another day, but yeah. Most of the intimate and platonic and, um, I guess, romantic troubles that I've had in my dating life. And dating can, like, be anything. Like, it literally could be talking. It could literally be, like, we are together. Girlfriend, boyfriend. Um, and there was an... But I forgot it. But it can, it can be anything. Like, it can be casual. You know, dating. Let's go back to the 50s, guys. I wouldn't be allowed in it, but pretend it's the 50s. Dating, we're using it that way, okay? Okay, this talking stage stuff is ghetto. (laughs) So, every time I've dated someone in the past 500 days, I have learned that people, I have three theories, okay? And they come in different stages. So, the first theory is in the dating stage, where they start doing and saying things to me where they want something, right? Okay, okay, keep this in mind. So, let me backtrack, because I've also lost my train of thought. 500 Days of Summer follows uh, this guy named Tom, and his, the 500 days he spends with this girl named Summer. So, when she's in his life and and when she's not in his life. It literally is about that. It's told through his point of view, so when you first watch it, I will be spoiling this movie also. When you first watch it, by the end of the movie, you're going to empathize with Tom and be like, wow, Summer, that's messed up. But if you watch it again, you realize what the real, like, the main point of the movie is. I know there's a whole it takes two to tango, but y'all, 
I'm not going to get into the ones before my Tom, which is the six months Tom. I'm not going to get into the other Toms. Okay, some of them were bad. Some of them, I should have left it alone when they came back. But I just want to preface that's what I was doing. I want to preface, I don't hate anybody, okay? I don't regret any situations that happened. I learned from them. Life goes on, as seven men once said. And I just... I am in my own rights to spend a little time grieving over the situation. I gave myself a week. By the time this episode comes out, the week will be over. We don't have to talk about it anymore. It'll come up every now and then because I know that my dating life, it will be another topic of conversation when I have guests on the show. I just wanted to be clear. I don't hate anyone. I don't hate the things that happen. I don't regret them. I'm just very upset that they keep happening, okay? And I I hate that I set boundaries that keep getting crossed. And this is not a story of the nice guy finishing last, which is basically what 500 Days of Summer is talking about. Although the director was really trying to put, like, really trying to push it because he was bitter. I also am not trying to vilify Tom, okay? Tom did what he thought was right. He acted on his feelings. I will give him that. But I need Tom, if you're listening, to know you did not listen to my feelings, okay? And I also want to say that I do hold myself accountable for some of the things that happened in these six months with the Tom of my story, okay? I hold myself accountable and we're going to get to those. I'm going to try to make it short because every time I've recorded this episode, it goes to an hour. I do still foresee it going up to an hour, so... I hope you're waking, if you're waking up, fix yourself some breakfast, take a shower while you're listening. I don't know, because I will be talking. If you're winding down for the day, get comfortable. I'm probably going to put you to sleep. And if you're like at the noon, because I'm making this like a brunch special now, eat well. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, so let's get into it. I'm going to try to make it short. I, I made a timeline of events, but I forgot to make the parallels of the movie and my real life to keep up with this concept so that's why it's getting long all right we're 15 minutes in let's go so tom in my life tom was a friend that i had met back in 2019 we had a class together and we kind of reconnected this past summer so it was fine you know it was nice seeing tom again i was in like a state of limbo about like where I stood with my friends. I felt kind of like I didn't belong in certain friend groups or certain settings. I think really I was just kind of coming to realization just how antisocial I was because I didn't have time for a social life before. And we were approaching the this point in my life where I really needed to stop working. And I ended up getting two jobs. I ended up taking a lot of workload for a production. And it's just... I set myself up, okay? In some places, I did it to myself, and I was kind of learning the hard way what happens. Once again, learning the hard way what happens when I take on too much that I could have not done in the first place, okay? I was stressed out. Um, so, seeing Tom and hanging out with Tom was like a little bit of a refresher. We hung out on like Tuesdays. I went to his volleyball games to support him because he invited me. I met his friends. I, but I felt really, that was, because I was still in my little limbo, I still felt, like, really uncomfortable being around people who 
were kind of like already set in their ways like their dynamics were already set and I felt like an intruder you know so I left early I didn't I they invited me to like watch a movie with them and I left early because I was like I feel like I don't belong here like I'm not supposed to be here um I'm a go also COVID was kind of like really rampant we were all fresh back onto campus so I was also thinking about that too but like I don't know in my head it was really mainly just I felt like I did not need to be there I felt super uncomfortable and I was trying to practice you know knowing okay if you're uncomfortable you need to leave and just really do like actually acting on leaving so I left (laughs) I left a lot of times actually so Tom kind of I guess I guess picked up on it per se like I did say in some cases like you know I felt a little nervous um your friends are cute like I like them they're pretty cool people they seem fun um I hope I didn't make things awkward because like I really was awkward I did kind of like loosen up a little bit and make jokes and stuff like that but then I didn't know how far I could joke because I sometimes I know some people just you never make a joke in a new setting like a new group of people and they're not on the same humor wavelength as you and it's just really awkward I did not want that to happen to me so I kept my mouth shut (laughs) so yeah there was that so I keep saying so so and like are gonna be our words guys sorry just gonna do it again moving on (laughs) we hung out a few more times um every time we hung out Tom was buying me things like he bought me dinner he would buy me like small gifts little keepsakes and I love keepsakes I love keepsakes and I mentioned this to him and it was a little frustrating because it it started to like really become a thing like every time we hung out he had something for me and I was like oh my god I don't have anything for you I was also broke too like I didn't have money to spare um it was it was really bad so let's flash back to when I first met Tom I will admit I had a crush on Tom like not really a crush it was more just like he's cute I want to get to know him because he's cute very very shallow I guess you could say but in passing I think it was around like one of the breaks I was like what are you gonna get up to over break and they're like I'm gonna go see my girlfriend so I like that was over I didn't have any feelings for Tom he was cute still but like he was like just he was this classmate cute, you know, there's levels to it. You you know what I mean if I by saying classmate cute. Like it wasn't it wasn't like wow, Wattpad, walk through the door. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't that anymore. There were no sparkles around his face. It was just like, all right, you're a normal person in my life. So I had always been looking at Tom like that, and because I didn't see Tom over the pandemic, I only saw him once before and then they shut it all down. I didn't see him for like two years then we come back and reconnect and I'm still just like oh he's still cute but like you normal (laughs) you no like flutters no sparkles no nothing like you're just Tom so I'm still thinking about Tom that way so even while we're hanging out and stuff like that I'm like yeah okay cool cool Tom friends like I was really I was really excited to just have a friend that was normal (laughs) And if you're listening and you're a part of my friend group, yeah, y'all aren't normal. You know this. Y'all are special in your own way, but y'all aren't normal. <laughs> so it was it was refreshing. Also, Tom's younger than me, but that really wasn't like something 
that was bothering me that wasn't something that contributed to why I wasn't feeling a type of way about Tom it was simply just like I had already shut off all my feelings for him if there were any at all and then you know days before like months and in years before that I was emotionally traumatized so we're just numb we're literally we're numb and I remember telling my friends I was just like I don't want to read into these gestures you know because like I said the theory in my head is people do a lot of nice things because they want something from me whether it's sex or whether it's a relationship they want something and it's usually something that I will feel uncomfortable thinking about and trying to get through and it'll it'll kind of make or break things honestly depending on my answer is or how I act to it so that's how I'm moving I'm just like I I just want to be friends I kind of want to I am grateful that, like, he wants to spend time with me and see me. Like, it's really nice. And, like, it was nice to be able to open up to some extent. Although I was kind of, like, anxious to do it. Because I didn't... I have also this uh, anxiety of opening up to people because they tend to throw it back in my face. Which is another thing. It's a it's an ick of mine. It's also a pet peeve. Um, So, there. Yeah, I was just like guys I don't want to read into it but like mm, and they're like don't don't do it just just relax go with the flow you know you said you wanted to have it like you wanted some fresh air this is your fresh air enjoy it y'all I it's just I know better I know better that's like the crazy thing like my intuition goes strong sometimes I think I'm not one of those people that's like as an empath but like I do I can tell I can tell when something's up you know like it just feels wrong I feel like someone like I know when anxiety is around or I feel anxious because it feels like someone's grabbing my like forearms very tightly I don't know if that's anxiety please tell me like if you feel that too and you've been diagnosed with something and like if that's not anxiety please let me know but for me I like to say that it is because it just feels like someone's grabbing onto me super tight and it's just like uncomfortable and that is kind of like how I felt going around Tom sometimes I was like something something's not being said and also just some things that you're doing you don't do just for anybody and I kind of had a good idea of the kind of person Tom is because it's the kind of person that I attract like this very traditional nerdy like one way is the only way type of person that's that's like when they're serious that's who I attract and it's like I feel like I know where this is going and I could not give us I didn't have time to even think of a potential a potential response because I was working two jobs I was working a production it just wasn't it it just was not I was not in the headspace to process my friend having feelings for me so when the day came when I got the opportunity to like push for an answer I was just like I was telling them beforehand I was just like you know when people do really nice things for me I get really hesitant because like my theory they they want something and it's really nerve-wracking it's kind of discouraging because I don't want people to feel like like that's all I am you know I don't like being doted on that much because it freaks me out. Like, I'm a very independent person, too. And when people try to dote on me and I'm not responding in the way that they thought I was going to, they start getting really, like, upset about it, which is theory number two. When I start doing things that kind of is 
trying to burst their fantasy of me it becomes a problem like like a like a real problem like they start they'll either start getting really aggressive they'll start being really retaliatory like retaliatory like they retaliate mm, english they retaliate a lot or like feel very like they start doing a lot of emotional manipulation and stuff like that so it's triggering i'm not even gonna like sit here and pretend like i'm gonna use big words people being nice to me to this extent the way that Tom was is triggering for me because it just makes me think back to the other times where people have done those things and then taken advantage of me both in bad ways and in super bad ways like actually physically taking advantage of me so I it's making me uncomfortable and I'm telling him this and disclosing this and I was just like I want to I'm trying to assume you know like that's not what's happening here like I think you're being a really good friend and you're really nice and you know his first response was yeah like you know if I feel like I can help then like I would like to help and you deserve to be treated better so I would like to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated that I don't know how many words that is we're gonna say 10 those 10 words are like very triggering they're kind of red flags at this point like after this situation they're red flags to me because I hate it you know in rom-coms they're like that's so sweet oh my gosh oh that's so disgustingly cute yeah it's not it's very uncomfortable so it's kind of like so to parallel this to the movie, there's a scene where Summer's kind of confiding into Tom about something, but it gets drowned out because the narrator starts talking, and then in the end, Summer is like, I've never told that to anybody before. And this was one of those moments, but like I've told this to several people because it is a fear of mine, people being super nice to me and trying to take advantage of me. So I say this as like a preface, don't, don't do it. Don't cross that line, please. I'm begging. I am simply begging. I'm literally on my knees. I My face, my nose is on the ground. I am a full bow, like terrified. Please don't do this. And in the movie, Tom does not, li- Tom does not listen to her. Like he did not hear a word she just said. And he goes, I guess I'm just not anybody. Like it's very selfish. And I think like me opening up to these people, they think like, oh, well, if Rhea's opening up, then I'm, I'm different. I'm getting far. And this is true. If I do open up to you, I'm putting a lot of trust in you. Like, some trust. Enough trust that if you break it, you're done. And this this is not even, like, this is bare minimum trust. But because my life has been so chaotic, like, you could write a Wikipedia page. Like, me telling you certain things, like, the things that people know about me, you, is, is the equivalent to looking up someone on Wikipedia. Like, it's accessible. You Anybody can know this. It's nothing new. They're, you're learning nothing new. You know nothing different from the next person that may know me. Like, yes, it could be a result of oversharing. But also, the stuff that I go through, it, it has to be shared. Because, like, I can't keep it a secret. Uh, like, what my home, like, why I had to leave school. Or what happened to me between another Tom. Like, there are events in my life that they have to be told, you know, in order for you to even remotely want to get to know me. They're just, they are like, it's like reading the table of contents. 
and the titles explicitly tell you what's going on. It literally, that's literally how it is. So the nitty gritty stuff that you can find out later on, although I still think I'm really, I'm a very boring person, but the stuff that you can come to learn about me is like when you get to the bottom of the Wikipedia page, that is a choice on if you want to see where the references are, like what the references are. That is when you, you really know me, in my opinion. That's a good analogy. I should write that down. Anyways, so this is literally one of those moments where, like, my Tom probably thought, like, like I'm a bit ahead. Like, and, in the, and as time goes by, that's kind of just like, well, we're on a different level. Like, I'm on a different level than these other people. So comparing me to these people, being stuck on these people, that's not fair to me. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, like, it's not that's not fair to me that you think that it's unfair to you for me to feel very triggered by your actions because people have the people before you have ruined it has ruined any chance for you and succeeding and I'm trying to warn you in this moment if this is true if you truly do like me and you want a relationship I want you to know right out the gate I don't know if I can like do that and I say that I say, I don't know how I feel about you. When he confesses, he's like, I have feelings for you. And I, you know, I paused. But when he said it, I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't want you to get your hopes up either because I know myself. I know I will drag it out to the end of time if I can until I feel something or if I, or if I really truly feel nothing or if it gets to a point where like, I, I don't like you at all. Like, I think it's fair to say I don't like you. Nothing has changed. I will drag it out to that point until I know if I like you for real or if I still don't. Like, until I can conclusively be like, I don't like you. I'll drag it out until then. Yes, I will hold myself accountable here and say that similar to Summer, that is not necessarily something that you should do. But, like, sympathize or empathize, whichever the word is, I confuse the two. But, like, bear with me here, okay? I feel like it was better for me to have more time because when the confession came out, we had only been seeing each other for three months since reconnecting, you know? So it wasn't a lot of time for real to like, for me personally, considering everything I've been through and just where my head at and my le- my stress levels. So I was under a lot of pressure on other things too. So I'm adding this on top. I'm like, okay, this is a lot and I need time to think. And I don't have the time to think about it. So I'm going to just flat out say, I don't have the time to think about it. Give me more time. I think that's a good, like I did a good thing. You know, I my main thing was I did not want to get into a relationship without knowing for sure. Because my last serious relationship I just jumped into it because I didn't want to, because of things that happened, I was just like, I don't want to not like, I don't want to just like have that be there. And then for you to have feelings for me and like, I don't, I don't want you to assume that that's all I wanted, you know, which later became a problem with Tom because it's just like a lot of miscommunication, not even really miscommunication. It's literally just him asking other people, taking their opinion and not asking me for clarification right away. It was just, it was really confusing. And I will admit, I will hold myself accountable here as well. I am confusing. Okay, one minute, I will flirt with you until the end of the summer. But that's me naturally. If I'm super comfortable with you, I will be flirty. I do it with my friends. 
I, I do it with everybody, really. Like, you need to add a little fun in, in your friendships, in your relationships to people. Hype them up. If it sounds like you want to date, it's a joke sometimes, okay? But I, like, I will say, like, sometimes I should have just, and I always think about it when I do it, too. It's just like, should I even do this? Because I know that they like me, so maybe I shouldn't make this comment. But I'm also thinking to myself, why do I need to keep filtering myself? Which is theory number two. I, not two, three. I tend to have to sacrifice my my persona, my identity, so that they're happy. I'm supposed to be miserable so that they're happy. These are, the, that, that's the third one. I'm not allowed to set boundaries and stand by them because it makes them unhappy. So I have to allow them to continue to cross it because... It's, you know, I don't really know the words, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Those are my three theories. The first is people are super nice to me to, so they can get what they want. Then we get to the second is when I start to not start fitting this fantasy mold that they've made of me or this like perception of me that they have, they start to get upset about it. And then third comes when I'm starting to tell them like when it's like it's really set in stone it's just like she's not budging she's really trying to keep me out I have a big problem with this it's making me unhappy and that's not fair to me that's literally what happens that's literally what happens and this is literally what had happened so in parallel Summer tells Tom on two separate occasions occasions she doesn't want a relationship the first one was in the beginning when Tom's when Mackenzie was like Oh, Tom likes you, and, like, Tom shoved them in the car. And Summer goes, I I think you're interesting. Like, she likes him because they're coworkers. It was, like, literally their first night out, you know. Um, and she's like, yeah, I like you. I think you're interesting. I want to be friends. And that is that okay? He's like, yeah, friends, cool, whatever. And then the second time is when they're playing house in Ikea, and she's like, look, I don't want anything serious. Is that okay with you? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And then they, like, go have sex for the first time, and Tom's, like, on top of the world. And then it cuts to, like, when he gets into the elevator, the elevator closes, and when it opens, is like, like, 100 days further, and they're not together. She doesn't, she's not with him um, anymore. And it's kind of, you're like, okay, what went wrong? And that's where Tom's like, what went wrong? I did everything right. I... But I took you out. I made you feel like you were on top of the world. I got my face pounded in for you. And Summer's just like, I didn't ask for that. We're just friends. And he's like, no, we're not friends. You don't get to do that. Very explosive. You don't get to do that. I say, we're a couple. And he like storms out. And then, you know, because this is how the director, because it's based off of the director's life. The director decided to have a, we're supposed to empathize with Tom in the first watch, right? So then Summer comes over and she's like apologizing, saying like, I shouldn't have got mad at you, blah, blah, blah. Boo. And then, you know, by the end of the movie, they're not together, you know. There's a, a iconic split screen, cinema gold, where it's expectations versus reality. And so some time had passed by and Tom thinks that he's going to get back together with Summer. And on one side, you see the expectation. He thinks, like, he's going to this rooftop party that she's hosting. (coughs) Oh, my God. It's because I was talking too fast. He goes to this rooftop party that she's hosting. And 
he thinks that like they're gonna talk all like all day all night long it's just gonna be them two in their own little bubble they're gonna hook up at the end of the night and then they're back together but on the other side the reality of it he goes to this rooftop party she's clearly visibly like keeping him at arm's length he's definitely in the friend zone and you know he's not talking to her he's talking to other people but then he is uh by the end like by himself and then he's watching her from across the room and she's got engaged in the meantime and then he like leaves and storms out and he's upset and like all hope is lost blah, blah blah and so then he starts thinking about what went wrong and um yeah lost how did i get here but yeah <laughs> so again that's kind of like by the end of the movie summer and tom don't end up together okay um because he didn't listen to summer he was on my voice cracking he was under the assumption that like he's the nice guy you know like he does everything right they're gonna like by doing like this whole nice guy finish last trope is literally detrimental to the relationship world like the, the world of love you know this hopeless romantic thinking believing in fate and destiny and one way of thinking like thinking like oh if this person is confiding in me then they're definitely interested in me no and then for summer to tell him on two separate occasions three actually like you know she's setting boundaries like we are not going to be more like i just want to be friends you know then the second time was like him agreeing to a friends with benefits type thing and that's how that worked and the third time was just like i want to end things but he's kind of still trying to romance her and that's literally what happened with me i said on two separate times you know i just i don't know how i feel i need more time but there i will say i will give it to tom there was one moment that i messed up okay it came so this third time and this was the time when i was trying to be like look let maybe it's good that we don't see each other type moment that's what i was aiming for but unfortunately it happened at the same time that i was literally manic and it's not an excuse this is just how it happened i was manic i was literally stressed out i was having a whole breakdown um and you know tom had come over to help me with a project and i literally I was dreading it. I'm not even going to lie. I was telling my friends beforehand, honestly, I don't even know if I want Tom to come over because I'm just not in the mood. Also, at this point, we were, there were moments where there were icks. There were so many icks. And I was kind of just like, I don't like Tom. I don't want to be with Tom. I don't think Tom and I could like last for a good amount. Like we are, we would, we could date, but we would literally just be like, we're not on the same level in some places that's literally how it was because i don't think anything that i was saying was honestly if we really deep it i really didn't get much of a say you know every time i said something it was literally like i don't know if i like you i don't know if we can like do this i don't want you to get your hopes up and he's just like that's fine you know we could take it slow we could take it slow the first time what that he said we could take it slow was after he confessed and i told him i don't i don't know i don't know let me think on it. He was like, we had to take it slow. Not even 15 minutes afterwards, he kisses me. I don't know about y'all, but that is not taking it slow. There was another time where, you know, he saw me naked. Like, 
he undressed me. And I was triggered by that in hindsight because that goes back to my first theory. People doing nice things to get something that they wanted. He didn't want that. You know, nothing happened. However, it became a bit of an issue for me because it literally confused me. Because I was just like, are you doing nice things because you like me? Or are you doing nice things because you want to sleep with me? I'm confused because it's kind of reminding me of my ex. And I don't want us, if we do end up dating, I don't want to end up dating because of these things. Because it's literally the same thing. Keep that in mind, okay? That's literally how I got together with my ex. Full transparency. So... I don't want to be forced into a relationship because of something that happened, you know. When we get to the third time, I just, I lost it. I don't know exactly what I said, but, like, I'm imagining that this is what I did because it was really bad. I know that it was bad because he didn't want to talk to me afterwards. Like, he was, he just kind of, like, sulked about it on my couch. But I know what I said, what I, I know my intentions of what I said. So this is why I'm role-playing it. So anyways, back to what, back to my little role-play. I was like, I don't want to sleep with you. That's the last thing that I want to do. I cannot sleep with you because you are already miles ahead. You will be more obsessed with me if that happens. And I don't want that. And I don't want you to buy me a damn thing again because that is just, stop. It's just disgusting. I just, I need you to stop. I lost it. (laughs) Y'all, I lost it. I can't even really role-play fully to like this full extent but just that's literally what I did I just I lost it I basically was just telling him I want nothing that you have to offer anymore like I cannot do this you're driving me insane you're making me feel very uncomfortable you're triggering the everlasting excuse my language fuck out of me I cannot do this Uh, and I need you to stop or actually better yet you just cannot come around anymore like I was I was trying to be like say it in a nice way like as I was coming down from this very very aggressive high I was just trying to be gentle (laughs) and the end of it all like I lost my stuff and then I lost my ish and I'm like trying to like be gentle like girl get it Rhea girl so I'm just like (laughs) I'm like look maybe like you know like we just I don't know if this I was like I don't know that you'll ever come around again but like and he's like why are you talking like after everything he's like why are you saying why are you trying to like talk like I'm not gonna be around like we're not gonna see each other like we're gonna be friends I, I like I know you need to like we're trying to go slow like he's just not I mean I give it to him I would not take it well I wouldn't take it well either if someone just blew up on me like I I thought I was doing nice things I thought I was doing everything right and you're blowing up in my face saying I'm basically doing things wrong I I get where he was coming from I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um belittle or berate him for feeling like he did what he thought was right the issue in this moment in particular was he was thinking like he wouldn't let me just be done with it granted I was his ride back home if he wanted to leave you know and I did think about like do you want to go home but he wanted he stayed to help with my project you know because he thought I still needed help and he that's what he was like that's what I came over to do like help you with and blah blah and like think like when I was coming down things seemed kind of okay and we were joking and stuff like that it was a very confusing moment And that's why I think I just kept saying in this, congratulations, you just saw me, like, have, like, a manic episode. (laughs) 
because I can't like not make a joke out of serious situations so my bad I hold myself accountable it was a very confusing night but I meant what I said I could I literally could not handle it he was very overwhelming he was triggering me and I know no one wants to hear that you're being like you're triggering someone like that's the last thing anybody especially nowadays like that's the last thing anybody wants to hear like you're triggering me like woo oh my gosh like where what do you do how do you respond when you hear that so I get it wanting to try to like be like hey no don't try to cut me out of your life let's hold on well I get it but at the same time that was your cue you know and I couldn't it's when I was coming down I just remember thinking to myself I couldn't take anything back one because I didn't remember what the frick I said but two I just (laughs) I I meant what I said you're too much you're asking for too much and I can't give it to you and I don't know how many times I have to tell you show you hint at I cannot be that person I am not the one that you think I am so yeah and there was still no nice way to say it and also in doing that I was still trying to spare his feelings because of theory number three the minute I set boundaries or the minute I make a statement that I am upset or I show that I'm upset it's a problem like it's it's World War three it's like I Rhea you are not allowed to be upset I'm not doing anything wrong and that is how we ended up to this past Saturday so because I got sick I said I was gonna make this long but here we are pushing 50 minutes but because I got sick I couldn't really clear the air on that like he stayed the night separate he slept on the couch and like you know, we both got sick, so we couldn't really meet up to talk about it like we typically would do. Like, cause the last time we had like a bit of a like "you're pissing me off" moment was before I left for LA, and so I went to LA to like have a break, have some serotonin. I wasn't thinking about him. Came back to deal with it, and that kind of happened. So, <laughs> cause in the meantime, and, and while that happened, it was also just like awkward. When I got back, like that, that was us meeting up because we needed to talk about what happened before I left for LA. And then so basically just add more to it. And yeah. And then I also remember, I was just like, you know, you just, you do things that like, just no, like I cannot. And then also I was just like, but like if we dated, it would be fine, but I can't date you. You know how confusing that is? So I get it. I get the confusion. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm mad at him for the choices that he decided to make. No, I get it. I am not going to invalidate him. And if it sounds like I did at any point, I'm sorry. But I'm not going to invalidate him for acting on his feelings. He's in his right. My point is you did not listen to me not once, Tom. That's the problem. And that's what I was trying to say. You didn't listen to me. And you kept romancing me. You kept trying. You kept, you were trying. You put in work. And it's cute and all, but that is a lot. And then, you know, you had a moment where you realized you were being too much. You even said, I know that, you know, doing a lot of the gifts and stuff is a lot. And yeah, I don't even know what you said afterwards. Because it literally was just like, it's still, still selfish. It's still just kind of like, why are you getting mad at me? I didn't think it was a problem. This was different. Like you're pay- like you're you're doing a good job in showing me what it's supposed to look like when someone's interested in you, but it's it was too much. Oh, it was too much for me at one time and just bad timing. So this past Saturday, 
this story is long as hell. But this past Saturday, um, he brought me another gift. <laughs> so anyways, I couldn't, I didn't really get mad at him. I kind of was just like, I didn't get you anything. But on the inside, I was just like, oh my gosh. That's how I felt. <laughs> and so we have like, we catch up, talk about our sicknesses and stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, we didn't really get to talk. So we talk about it. And... I'm just in the back of my head. I already know where this is going. So he spends some time talking about how he feels about the situation. Yada, yada, yada. And he's like, and and then the conclusion, you know, I feel like I know that you want to get, like, get to know me a little bit more and be friends. But I feel like if I try to be friends with you, I'm going to keep his words falling in love with you. Y'all. My life is a movie. That's all I could think to myself. Like, damn. But my actual reaction was like, that's fair. Because it didn't phase me. Like, it didn't hit me yet. Like, what it actually had been said, you know, and what was being implied. But then, like, the more we kept talking about it. And I was like, okay, let me talk about my side of it. Y'all, I didn't get to. He kept cutting me off. Um, I cleared up one misconception was like, I thought that you, like, it felt like you just wanted sex. No. At one point ever, like, me throwing out the fact that I didn't want to sleep with you does not mean that, like, I didn't, I was prioritizing that. Like, that wasn't, out of everything that I ranted about, that's all you got, question mark. And and, in his defense, he felt like I was shaming him about certain things, and I'm like, no. I just was triggered by the whole situation because I wasn't sure if that you still genuinely liked me and wanted a relationship with me or you just wanted to sleep with me it was cool I know I don't know I hate to do this to you but men are men and that was something that also came up he was just like you know you talk about your past and it just made me feel really small and it made me feel like am I just like the other guys and in the moment I don't even know what face I had on I think my poker face was kind of faltering at this point and I think I was just kind of like I didn't really give him a straight answer. I just said, like, it's just, that's how I felt, you know? Like, you were triggering me. And the face that he made when I said that he was triggering me, this was not the first time, I don't think. But I think it was, like, maybe the first time he was actually listening. Um, when I said, you you trigger me, point blank, bro, his face twisted, like, it was a sight to see. Like, I knew he took offense to it, and I honestly I can't blame you like I said no one wants to hear that you're triggering someone else you know but it was also just like one of those moments that kind of told me everything that I that I needed to know that I already knew like this idea of me and he can correct me if I'm wrong if he's listening this idea that Tom had of me was not what he was expecting I'm not that one. I'm not the one. That's literally, <laughs> that's literally what it is. I'm not the one. And I will never be the one for anyone who thinks like that. So in this, in this moment, I think, I mean, he uh, also, he had already braced himself to like cut me off. So there was that. So literally, and I also realized in that moment, like I wasn't going to be able to say anything. Like nothing I could say would ease his mind. And I also did not want to give him any more hope that my mind could be changed. Even in that moment, you guys, 
through this entire six months, I felt no change. So I had gone through a, like one patch where it was like, maybe I could date Tom. But then right when I felt that way, and right when I, and it was typically when I was like being super flirty and really like, and it was when I invited him over. When that happened, he did something that icked me out to the point where I was just like, bro, this is not going to work. So we're sitting here on Saturday and he's like, I don't want to make it sound like an ultimatum, but it really, it was, it was one. It was either you like me back, we date, we go through those motions, or I'm going to have to just cut you off because I'm going to fall in love with you every time we hang out. And I couldn't give him an answer even then. So he was like, well, I have work tomorrow. I was like, okay. Yeah. And that is the story. (laughs) That is the story of how Tom and I ended up not being friends. Those are the 500 days of Rhea. (laughs) This is so long. But yeah, like, uh, there was something I was supposed to go. I should have wrote it down. I should have wrote it down. I knew there was something I was supposed to come back to and I didn't write it down. But like, yeah, guys. I just, I don't understand. If you retained any of that, let's, long story short it, okay? Something that I could have done in the beginning. My my friend fell, quote unquote, in love with me. And I could not reciprocate to the fullest. Like, not even the slightest bit. It, if anything, it terrified me. I literally am sitting here just like, who would want to fall in love with someone? Or even feel like they're falling in love with someone? That is and overwhelming like being the on the receiving end of someone being thinking that they're in love with you oh my gosh it's just it's a lot you know and especially if you have no real experience or exposure in someone treating you that way or seeing someone being treated that way the media is not like movies are not a good representation of what love is supposed to look like Because typically they're told through one point of view. The story of Tom and Summer is literally told through Tom's point of view. Which is why we're supposed to feel sad that he and Summer don't end up together. And that we're supposed to be angry at Summer for kind of one day having a moment that Tom literally is a firm believer in. The whole fate and destiny and falling in love moment. We're supposed to feel bad that you know, Tom wasn't the one and that Tom did all this nice di- nice guy stuff and still didn't get the girl. We're supposed to feel bad for him. But when you watch it the second time, the signs were all there. Tom just wasn't paying attention because he had this idea of Summer in his head that nothing could like sway his like mindset. And then when she started to not give him what he wanted, he started hating her. He started bad-mouthing her, calling her out her name. This is probably the longest episode I've ever done in my life. But, yeah. It's just... Yeah. I don't know what I was supposed to come back to. And then I'm going to listen back to this. And I'm going to hear the part where I'm supposed to come back to it. And I'm going to be like, oh, that's right. I'm not I'm not recording this again. <laughs> but, yeah, guys. That was 500 Days of Rhea, you know. And like I said, at this point, I'm kind of just like, I don't... I don't want a relationship like but part of me feels like I'm lying but I I would like I've seen both sides of the coin now okay although Tom had their issues they're not a bad person you know I think with more time they 
will, you know, figure it out. They will find someone that will be on their same level. I'm just not that girl, you know? And it's not about being pessimistic. I fe- I remembered what one of the things I was supposed to come back to, but I'm not getting into it. Anyways, <laughs> I'm rambling. Um, yeah. Um, Tom, if you're listening, and if the other Toms are listening as well, I don't hate you, all right? I don't hate anyone. I don't hate your company either. I just hate how it all played out, you know? Like, it could have gone better, and I'm not trying to vilify you. I'm not trying to say that it's all your fault. I hold accountability. I I will hold myself accountable is what I wanted to say. I was confusing, okay? But I, I set boundaries. And I don't, I'm not going to sit here and try to um, victimize myself or vilify myself either. Like, all I did was make boundaries and I was trying to respect myself and your feelings the best way that I could, which was to try to give it time, you know? Go with the flow. And the flow was doing a little, It was, the, the current was strong. It was strong. And that was something I wasn't ready for. And I was I was standing by the fact that I was not going to put myself in a situation that I knew I was not ready for. I've been through too much to just continue to throw myself in something like that. And I wasn't just because you were buying me the world and you were willing to give me the world. That That's still not enough for me. <laughs> that's not enough. It's not enough. Time time is enough for me, you know? And I kept thinking to myself, wow, what if I end up liking this person over time, like, while we're separated? But then I've had to talk about this on five separate occasions, and I've come to the conclusion I cannot. I will not. I had my time with this person. This person will grow up, hopefully and move on hopefully because god forbid you stay stuck on me that's you don't do that please don't do that oh my gosh if we really must have to have my life play out like a movie we can do this the old-fashioned way we don't need to we don't need to do this like very dramatically and i need the universe to stop trying to make it dramatic okay okay let me stop talking that is ultimately the this episode okay this is this is gonna be super long all right so like i said in the meantime take care of yourself wear your mask get vaccinated get boosted okay take care of yourselves this is really long if you kept listening i appreciate you until next time it won't be as sad it won't be as dramatic hopefully but it will be just as constructive we're gonna make this a sunday thing sundays at 12 come to my session. All right. Okay. Bye, honeybees. Take care.